We are North Rock Church, where we exist to see lives redefined by being filled with life in Christ. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Hey, it feels good today. I'm so glad to have every one of you joining us for church online this amazing weekend. It has, of course, been a, a very unique last week and a half, a very unique uh, last few days even with, man, things changing literally by the hour. But I'm so glad that God's church marches on and uh, we continue to be able to bring church to you. We have an incredible, incredible production team, an incredible, incredible worship team right behind me and a lot of people working behind the scenes who are making this happen. And I want to give a big shout out to all of those incredible people. And again, a shout out to everybody who's joining us for church online this weekend. North Rock is coming. We've always talked about how we're taking North Rock to the neighborhoods. We are literally taking it to everybody's neighborhood right into your living rooms. And I'm excited about what I get to share with you uh, today. And uh, I just want to encourage you over, over these next few weeks for however long this situation lasts, that even though we may have to be insulated, don't be isolated. Do what you have to do to uh, protect yourself and to, to, to be responsible uh, citizens during this season Man, don't isolate yourself. Stay connected to church. Stay connected to North Rock right here on the weekends online. Get connected to a small group. If you're not already connected to a small group, get connected today. Uh, you can actually start a brand new online small group. This opportunity has created uh, opportunities, or this situation, I should say, has created opportunities for you to start brand new small groups. And I want to encourage you to do so, to do so. Um, so many unique things happening recently. And of course, I know that you've got, you've got kids around the house that you didn't expect to be around the house. Um, you got sports that you thought you were going to be playing on the weekends with those kids that uh, is not happening. You got college kids who have come home from college and your job situation, depending on what it might be, you may be working remotely. Many, many people are working remotely. We are we are bombarded incessantly, like just before I came to the church today, it was just an incessant bombardment of, of numbers and statistics and, and kind of bad news and difficult things. And uh, the truth is they are real problems. They really are. It's, it's, it's a real legitimate situation. Um, and so consequently, there is, there is a lot of people dealing with anxiety. There are a lot of people dealing with fear. And in this series that, that we've called The Setup, um, we're, we're looking at week to week at things that have happened in the life of Jesus, things that happened leading up to the greatest event in the history of the world, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we're looking at things that happened during Holy Week, during Passion Week, and, and how they can apply to our life during this unique season that we are in. I closed last week with this truth that God has a way of turning our setbacks into setups. And uh, I want that to ring true in your heart today. The series is called The Setup, but we need to understand that even though we feel like we're kind of being set back right now, that, that God is not finished and truth and, and his power and his word and his grace will prevail. The church absolutely will prevail. Today we're going to look at 
um, something that happened in the life of the disciples, and specifically, uh, one of them in particular, uh, Simon Peter. Now, I, uh, I, I personally wrestle with some fears in my life. I actually am afraid of, of heights. And when I was younger, I used to you know, challenge myself to try to conquer that fear. I pretty much have stopped doing that. I don't do that anymore. Uh, I got up on the roof of my house probably now uh, 18 years ago to try to do something to uh, my, my, the roof of my house. And I got up there just fine. <clears throat> but when I was trying to get down... I couldn't get down. Like I, I froze. I got stuck on the ceiling. If you would have seen me, I'm sure neighbors that saw me that drove by were laughing and pointing fingers because I was laying flat on my belly trying to work my way down the roof to get my feet onto the ladder. And it took a long, long time. And uh, I, I was finally able to get down. But that's the last time I have been up on a roof in my, in, in my life. I, I deal with fear of heights. And I actually... It causes me to do irrational things, like I act literally irrationally. Well, the disciples did something irrational on the week of Jesus' passion. In fact, on, on the Thursday evening after he was arrested, the scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 26, verse 56, that at this point, all of the disciples deserted him and they fled. Like these men who knew him, these men who trusted him, who, who he was their mentor, he was, he was their leader, he was ultimately their savior. They deserted him after he was arrested. On down in Matthew chapter 26, verse 69 says that Peter, one of Jesus' closest, closest disciples, was sitting outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came over to him and said, you were one of those who was with Jesus, the Galilean. And Peter denied in front of everyone. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. Later on in verse 72, someone else said, you were with him. And, and again, he said, I don't even know the man. And then once more in verse 74, Peter actually swore and, and said, a curse on me if I am lying. I don't know that man. I'm talking about irrational actions. Why were they acting irrationally? Because of fear. Because of fear. They were afraid of what was about to happen. They were seeing what was happening with Jesus and they were afraid from themsel for themselves and it caused them to act irrationally. Now, the situation was legitimate. It, it was not a situation where we would say, there's nothing to be afraid of. No, no, it was, there was something real that was happening. It was a bad deal. It was, it was legit. But what I want to show you today is Living by faith rather than fear has nothing to do with nothing being wrong. Okay? Let me, let me share a scripture with you that I, I think should be like ringing true and like be the, the, something that we're leaning into as husbands, as wives, as parents, as, as, as bosses, as, as co-workers. We need to be leaning into this particular passage out of Psalm 91. And it says this, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. Verse two says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him. I will trust surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence or also disease. 
He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Verse five says, you shall not be afraid of the terror at night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Verse six, nor of the pestilence or disease that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Verse nine says, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Now that's a strange thing for the psalmist to tell us because he tells us not to be afraid of like the worst thing, terror, at the worst time at night. In fact, it makes you wonder, how in the world can I not be afraid of the scariest thing ever at the scariest time ever? Easier said than done, right? What is it about the dark that causes us to be afraid? What is it about nighttime that causes us to be afraid? When I was a child, I was, I was crazy afraid of the dark, like terrified of the dark. I was the youngest in my household. And so I always had to go to bed first. And so they would make me go to the back of the house where it was dark in the back of the house. Or, or, if, or if my family was gathered, you know, all in the kitchen and, and I needed to go to the restroom, I was afraid to go down the hall to the restroom because it was dark in the back of the house. And I would find myself fast walking and ultimately running to get to the bathroom or to get to my bedroom. And, and I would walk past dark rooms and I would jump past those dark rooms because you're just thinking, what if something like reaches out of that dark room uh, and grabs my heel? Just irrational thoughts. But the thing about the dark, the nighttime that makes us afraid is the unknown. It's what we, it's what we can't see because in the dark, you, you, you can't see. You don't, you don't know what might be lurking there. And I have a confession, guys. I still wrestle with fear in the dark. I'm not talking about fear of what might jump out of the closet, but fear of what might jump out of my mind. I'm not talking about the paranormal. I'm not afraid of the paranormal, but I wrestle with a whole lot of paranoia, struggling over what might happen in the future. And I've had many sleepless nights and I've, I've sweated through sheets and paced the floor in anxiety, t t terrified, having fear about the unknown. And, and, and then the Bible just tells us, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the terror at night. And it sounds crazy. But here's where I want to go on this incredible weekend. Just because we don't have to fear it doesn't mean we will never feel it. Okay? Just because we don't have to fear it does not mean that we will never feel it. Protection is not the same thing as exemption. They're two different things. If I'm exempt from a test, that means I don't have to take it. Like I don't even have to pick up my pencil while everybody else is taking the test. I just sit or I don't even have to go to class. But, but God's protection is different than exemption. God's protection is more like an epic tutor, which sits with you and, and works with you and teaches you and helps you and gives you an advantage. And if we'll listen to him and we'll follow what he's telling us, it will help us absolutely pass the test. And in Christ, listen, we have protection but we don't always have exemption. I mean, the scripture said that thousands might fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand. 
If, if, if there are thousands that are falling all around me, then I'm pretty much in the middle of the turmoil. I'm in the middle of what is going on. But if I will follow my Savior, if I will trust my Jesus, if I will seek his help and proclaim his promises and, and, and declare his, his promises over my life, I will be protected from that terror at night, even if I'm not, even if I'm not exempt. I want to give you four things quickly here to help you fight your fearful, anxious thoughts because we are living in the middle of, of, of some unique situations. We are living in a unique season. The first thing is this. Interpret your thoughts correctly. Interpret your thoughts correctly. You need to know that just because you have a fearful thought, it does not mean that that is who you are. It doesn't mean that that's who you are. And you have the choice to be defined by those thoughts or to dismiss those thoughts. Like you're in charge. You get to choose whether I'm going to kind of uh, lean into these, these terrifying thoughts or I'm going to dismiss them and proclaim God's truth over my life. We are going to have anxious thoughts that attack our mind. We are. Um, one reason is because we, we, we deal with spiritual warfare. I mean, we, have, we have an enemy that, that wants to shut us down. We do. And the scripture says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers of darkness. And the enemy wants you to be overwhelmed by evil thoughts. We have terrifying thoughts because of the world that we live in. I mean, all you have to do is watch the news. If you want to be afraid right now, turn on the news and you will be afraid. And I'm not telling you to, to stick your head in the sand and try to close everything out. But I, but I do want to encourage you not to be overcome by, by, by terrifying thoughts. And I want you to interpret those thoughts correctly. We get to choose whether we're going to lean into them or we're going to uh, lean into God's promises and God's truth. So interpret your thoughts. Realize that just because you thought it, it doesn't mean that's who you are. Also realize that you're not the only one, that we're all wrestling with the same thing, especially right now. Number two, defend your mind proactively. Defend your mind proactively. <clears throat> because a lot of times we have this whack-a-mole mentality <laughs> as it relates to negative thoughts. We just let them come, and as they come, we try to, we try to whack them away and try to keep them away, to, to, to knock the negativity away as it comes. But I want to challenge you to do something different. I want to challenge you to actually proactively check the borders of your mind and, and see if you've left any gaps anywhere where negative thoughts can get through. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21 says, My son... Do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. Preserve sound judgment. In other words, like protect it. Put borders around your mind so that you can think clearly, so that you can think God thoughts instead of fearful thoughts. Uh, the scripture goes on to say in verse 23, then... If you will preserve sound judgment, then you will go on your way in safety. Your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. I want to declare that over a life and a heart today. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster. Verse 25 says, have no fear of sudden disaster. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being 
snared. I want my place, I want my heart, I should say, to be a place that is inhospitable to fearful thoughts, that is inhospitable. I want to I soak my heart in praise. I want to steep my mind in scripture until my life is literally like slippery with God's word so that when terror tries to get a foothold, it, it cannot get any traction. And it just, it just glances right off. Instead of sticking to me, that terror, that fear just glances right off. I mean, there's so much praise in that heart. There's so much positivity in that mind. I can't get any traction. This is why, this is why we pray first. This is, this is why we read our Bible. This is why we listen to positive music. This is why we surround ourselves with people who can bring us up. This is why we set aside time in the season to do church online, making sure that we are, that we are connected to, to, to each other. This is why we don't isolate. Even if we're insulated, we do not isolate because it's hard for terror to get any traction if we'll steep our soul and steep our spirit in God's presence, proactively protecting any, anybody or if you've ever seen or been connected to anyone who engages in hand-to-hand combat like UFC fighters or, or even wrestlers, they're very intentional about what they, what they wear. They don't wear clothes that their opponent can latch on to. They, they don't wear much at all, to be honest with you, but they certainly don't wear things that their, their opponent can latch, latch on to. And, and if they do have something on, it's, it's not loose, you know, drapey, modern, urban outfitters style clothes. Well, listen, we want to be careful how we dress our souls. We don't want to give the enemy anything to latch on to. I don't want to put on a jacket of, of, of fear. I, I, don't, I don't want to wear pants of, of pride or, or a, some baggy shirt of, of cynicism or, or negativity or sadness. I want to make sure it, that what I'm wearing is like spiritual spandex. Like the enemy cannot get his hands on us because I'm, I'm attending my online small group. I'm watching church online. I'm reading my Bible. I'm getting up and I'm praying first before I start my day. I'm putting on my spiritual spandex. Please don't be trying to look at that. Don't be trying to see that in your mind, but I'm putting on my, my spiritual spandex of, of, of prayer. I'm, I'm praying first. I want to encourage you to find seasons and find times to laugh and smile throughout the day. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The enemy wants to take our joy and he can't have it. He cannot have it. I don't want to give him anything to latch on to. And number three, number three, take evasive action immediately. So what do I do if I'm blindsided by a fearful thought and I find myself uh, in, in a moment of anxiety, a moment of panic? Because sometimes it actually, it absolutely does happen. It absolutely does happen. And, and, and here's something that I've learned and I, I, I've shared it recently in, in, a little, in a little Devo moment. But we receive the power of God's promises by participating in them. Like we have to do our part. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. So you have perfect peace when you fix your thoughts on your Savior. You actually have a role to play. You can have peace, but you've got to control your thoughts. 
It's like whenever I've been to a Spurs basketball game and they play the little, they, they play the little games in between the, the quarters with the people on, on the floor while they're, they're giving gifts away, giving, giving prizes away. And like Whataburger will be involved and they'll have people throwing big foam French fries into these big trash cans. And the person who throws the most French fries into the trash cans in the allotted time wins like Whataburger for a year. That might fire you up. It kind of grosses me out a little bit. I mean, I love Whataburger. I do. I do. I love my Whataburger. But, but like it fires my kids up for sure. Um, but here's the thing. Even if they give you a card that says you get a burger for a year, you might have the card in your hand, but that doesn't mean you have a burger in your belly. Like you actually have to participate. You've actually got to get in your car and you got to drive to Whataburger. Right now you'd be driving through the drive-thru, but you got you to go to Whataburger in order to get that belly. You have to participate in order to get the promise. Yeah. Listen, God has all sorts of promises for us, but we have to participate. We participate by praise. We participate by attending our online small group, by, by watching church online. We participate by lifting our eyes above the junk, by not getting all of our news and information from, from, from Fox or CNN or MSNBC but by opening God's word and filling my mind and filling my heart with those truths. And when I participate, it's amazing how peace will follow. I got to take evasive action. And then fourth and finally, I want to challenge you. When fearful thoughts come, retaliate appropriately. I love this. We need to retaliate on the enemy. Because here's the truth. When the devil fights against something in your life, it's a big mistake on his part because it forces me to the conclusion that whatever this thing is he's fighting, he's terrified of it. Listen, whatever the enemy opposes, he's afraid of. So here's what I want to challenge you to do as we get ready to close today. Let the terror by night become a terror for the night. Like, don't back down. Instead, double down. Say, enemy, you're trying to make me afraid, but that's just going to build my faith. I'm going to love more than I've ever loved before. I'm going to hope like I've never hoped before. I'm going to experience and embrace God's grace and give God's grace away like I never have before. I'm going to serve more people than I ever have before. I want to become a terror to the enemy in my life by rising up and doing what he's trying to get me to stop doing. Listen to me. Listen to me. You are chosen. You are called. You are loved. And you are equipped. And no weapon formed against you will prosper. Listen to me. All who rise against you will fall. And greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. We are not going to be controlled by fearful thoughts, but we are going to declare God's truth and God's promise in our life. Let me pray for you today. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for how it encourages us, how it gives us peace, Lord. And God, I want to declare peace over every individual watching this sermon today. I want to declare peace over over dads and moms and the children in those homes. I want to declare peace over husbands and wives and single individuals, God. I want to declare peace over elderly individuals who might be shut up in their home right now. I want to declare peace. Lord, let your peace that is beyond understanding, God, just sweep through every home. God, we are not going to be afraid of tomorrow. 
We're not going to fear the future because we know that you are already there, Lord Jesus. You're ordering our steps. You're guiding us, Lord, and you are watching over us. And so, God, I just declare peace and hope in every situation, in every home, in Jesus' name. Now, as I continue to pray here today, I want to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus if you have never taken that step. Maybe you're sitting there today and you know that you're not in a relationship with Jesus. You might actually feel him drawing you today. This is your moment. Whether you've never surrendered your life to him or you know that you need to rededicate your life to him, this is your moment. And I want to pray for you. So all I'm going to ask you to do is simply pray this prayer along with me in your own words. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I'm inviting you to save me, Lord Jesus. I cannot save myself. God, I repent. Forgive me for my sins. I want you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you gave your life for me and that you rose from the grave. And on this day, I'm starting over. I'm making you the Lord of my life. I'm making a fresh start. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen, 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 amen. Well, thank you for responding and taking that incredible step of faith. And if you just surrendered your life to Jesus, there's one more step that we would love to ask you to do. There's a number that's coming up on the screen and we want to invite you to text NRYES to the number that is on your screen. And uh, we have some, something that we want to share with you, some gifts that we want to share with you just to kind of help you along on your new faith journey. All right, God bless you. God bless everybody. I love you guys. I cannot wait to see you very soon. God bless you.